0: Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a new podcast all about the world's best football team, Aston Villa. George, Roisin and I have explained why we loved the Villa. But as Birmingham natives, there was always only going to be one club for us. But what if you live thousands of miles away from the hallowed turf of Villa Park? In our latest interview from the Villains Abroad series, we spoke to Cole Petham, who is from Brockville, Canada. He hosts a podcast about the Villa called Holtcast. Roisin and I found out what made Cole support the Villa.
1: I guess I tried to be a little bit different, maybe. Um, A lot of my friends are City, Arsenal, Chelsea, yada, yada, yada. Um, I always like to say they go for the glory. Uh, Maybe I went for the punishment. Uh, But I I guess just to be a little bit different... um, to be honest, it kind of started around maybe the twenty ten twenty eleven 2011 season, roughly. Um, I started getting kind of more into playing FIFA then, and then kind of picked up them as a team and thought, you know what, I'll buy a shirt from them and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it just kind of, I, I want to say the punishments kind of went on from there, but it uh, seems finally like we're on a bit of an uptick.
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially, well, I don't know, since then, who were the big hitters in the team that got you on FIFA? It was
1: uh, well, let's be honest here. I probably imported <laughs> a lot more players than I, <laughs> I kept. But uh, uh, back then, probably the main one would have been Gabby. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess for a FIFA perspective, it was just pace abuse. But once you actually get to following the team and all that kind of stuff, it was probably him that kind of spoke to me more than anyone else.
0: And so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're from Canada and we don't really associate football or soccer with, canada you know it's more ice hockey i guess what we think of um so how did have you always been a soccer fan has it always been something you've been into
1: yeah i mean my parents put me in it at a young age um played a bit of traveling around uh the area here within a few hours radius and then to be honest i actually kind of took a little bit of break from it um and then probably near the end of high school i started really getting into not only playing it again, but actually following it uh, from a fan perspective, um, the coverage around here was pretty well non existent prior to probably twenty ten unless it was Champions League or thing like that so um yeah, definitely t v coverage and that stuff's really helped, but uh yeah, no, it's always been something that's been in my life for sure
0: and uh you know so you ended up supporting Villa basically through FIFA yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, that's quite
0: that's quite a cool and very modern way of supporting a a football team i think um what's it been like following the villa during the sort of the last well ever since you started following them because let's face it we've not had the best decade so you could easily have supported a man united or chelsea or something like that but you went with the villa so what's that been like
1: um the, the start wasn't the greatest um i can remember my first year of university i think that was in 2012 so um for like finally living on my own i can remember sitting there in bed waking up just in time i think it usually around 10 a.m kickoffs here and uh, i think they're playing stoke and i think it was the day of the Loughton goal um against stoke which i'll always remember and yeah i mean uh, with those being one of the initial teams that i really started to follow i mean that's pretty poor And, and now like we seem to be completely different but yeah i mean just Following relegation struggle after relegation struggle after relegation struggle, and then finally hit it. It's been a, it's been an interesting journey. But uh, to be honest, I wouldn't really trade it for anything else. I mean, you can support your cities and your Chelseas of this world, and I don't know. I just find it a bit boring. There's no real storyline there. It's okay. Let's bring in the next eighty-pound million winger, striker, whoever. Mm. I love finding those hidden gems. I like to see like Benteke, for example. I think finding players like him for cheap fees. You look at John McGinn now of current day and yeah, I mean, I just like the story along these kind of hidden gems and uh, what a club like Villa brings.
2: Yeah. Now I don't know if this is the kind of accepted opinion amongst Villa fans, but personally, I I don't know if I was happy to go down to the championship, but you've got to say the championship is a relatively exciting league and it's an unpredictable league. So it must be a very different experience to some of your friends in canada who were you know like you say top four premier league champions league um and and winning games going to the championship and going from 16th winning two games and going (laughs) to fifth
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah massively i mean um long story short um when i went to university i thought you know what um kind of adjusting to that life so I actually started a YouTube channel and I did like match reviews and previews on like, well, I'm actually on this laptop and somehow the camera's quality seems better than it did back then, which Mm -hmm. is weird. But anyways, um, cringy things to do back then. But anyways, I basically (laughs) did reviews and previews all the way up to the relegation season. And then I start like kind of stopped once uh, the first championship season start or yeah, basically started, I should say and the one thing i started to find then is well it's not really broadcasted over here that well so uh that whole struggle came and uh yeah kind of having to buy a subscription to watch on not the best streams and it was definitely it's definitely a journey when you're playing every tuesday saturday or tuesday sunday would it be but uh yeah i don't know it, it's a, it's an amazing journey nonetheless i mean I don't think I've ever shed tears in professional sports the day that we got promoted. Um, I don't know if my girlfriend would have appreciated him as much because she was sleeping for a night shift, but uh, no, it's, uh, I don't know. It it was a great journey. And to be honest, I love the lower leagues. I love the story that it tells. And um, yeah, I I definitely have an appreciation for it, but I hope we don't have to experience that again for a long, long time.
0: (laughs) And so you, you know, you're, um, you became such, well, you are such a big Villa fan that you ended up, forming your own podcast and i've listened to it a lot i think it's a really good podcast i really enjoy the the, the stuff you talk about um you know what what was it what brought that about you know how how did you end up setting that up and finding people to do it with you
1: um so actually uh for the 7500 to Holt website um james rushton who's now with the birmingham mail Mm. um he was i think he was the manager of the site at that time um, and then he actually ran the podcast as well. Um, so I was just kind of looking to get back into kind of the whole interaction side of it to kind of like a three or so year hiatus from it. And uh, yeah, just decided to randomly buy a mic. Thought you know what, me and my roommate at the time, we're gonna start our own podcast about something random and just tell random stories from our local area. Well, that lasted about two weeks. <laughs> so I had, this, I had this microphone, and I thought, well, you know what, I might as well. Not I might much well going on in video. Brockville. <laughs> no, there is nothing. It's a population of like twenty-five thousand. We thought our stories would be hilarious. Apparently, not only his girlfriend. Really <laughs> That's how Frankie so. feels
2: every week. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, it, it wasn't the greatest, but uh, no, I reached out to James. Um, he kind of gave me a shot to come on. And then, uh, yeah, we just kind of went from there. He left for a great opportunity. Um, I took it over. Uh, thank God Danny stayed. Uh, Cause I don't want to talk to myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's been a great journey just to kind of go through every game. Uh, the one thing I will say though, is I hope we never have to do another project restart because I am so sick of doing Podcasts after every game, which felt like every other day. That was the most stressful <laughs> yeah. time of my life, I swear to God. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you say to people in Canada, Oh, I do a podcast and they're wow, what's it about? And you say, Aston Villa, what's the general reaction?
1: Um, I don't really tell too many people. Like my close friends know, um, my girlfriend obviously knows and her family know. Um her her granddad's actually from uh the London area originally and her uh her grandma as well. Um so he's a West Ham fan. So anytime I see him he comes right over to me before he says hi to anybody else cuz he yeah. wants to talk about football <laughs> of course. Yeah. So um like they all know about it. They're supportive of it. Um but yeah, the general person that I talk to they're like well i guess if i'm trying to put on a really canadian accent it's like what is soccer or something like that but (laughs) uh yeah um i don't know some people get it some people don't i guess maybe that's the best way to explain it
0: and so have you been able to actually get over to the uk and see villa play live at all or
1: No. no um i had this dream in my last year of university i had a bunch of like tuition money left over and i thought you know what if i budget tightly enough I can do this right and then I had to do an internship that summer and I thought well I might need this money or I'll be living on a porch or something I don't know but uh, (laughs) so that never happened and I thought you know what maybe I'll do it a few years later back in I think 2018 um, I was thinking about it and then that didn't happen and then I had to move and then life Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just it's kind of been a bit of a whirlwind and then of course when I actually have the money to do it the pandemic hit so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's so, been a bit of a bummer
2: <laughs> what so when you actually do make it over what's your image of what it will be like talk us through what you what you're expecting walking through the beautiful Aston
1: I don't really know much about like the area per se but I know as soon as I get on that ground I probably will cry I don't know why but um I guess just an accumulation of a lot of things just kind of waiting for
0: mm-hmm. that
1: moment. I feel like a little bit tearful right now, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to it, to experience that atmosphere finally um, something that I've kind of long been a- waiting for. And uh, I've met so many people through Twitter and doing the podcast and doing previous content as well. So uh, just kind of putting all that together would be uh, really special. I think
2: once the fans are back in the stadium as well, it- the atmosphere will be, I think it will be even better.
0: I think you've also picked the right team in a sense, that like if you want a, an epic feel of walking up to a stadium, there's something about Villa Park. And I hear this from non-Villa fans as well, quite a bit about how that walk to the Villa, you see those steps at the Holt End, you know, you've got the statue, the pub, um, all the stands and all that. It, there's just something quite like historic feeling about our ground. Um, and then when you get inside and obviously you see the, Green of the pitch, like oh, it's just oh, I'm getting emotional. I'm just thinking about it right now. I'm, Boys, uh, chill
2: out. You getting too emotional here.
0: Yeah, just meant <laughs> so to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> counting down the the days to going back. Basically, um, but yeah. I mean, so we've all we've spoken to a few people from Canada now uh, for villains abroad. We spoke to uh, Brittany Klein, who's uh, chair of the Winnipeg Lions. We spoke to Brett Bates, who's Toronto Lions. Um, are you yourself? Do you know many other Villa fans within Canada or North America generally?
1: um not in person i've actually never met one in person um speak to them online like the toronto villains are only about i think four hours away from me but to make that trek for one day would probably be i mean i've done it for like uh baseball games and uh for like toronto FC and stuff so maybe that's not the best excuse but uh yeah. no uh i really haven't i mean i feel really isolated when i say that to be honest <laughs> but uh it is what it
2: is. No, I think it just makes you seem like you're more of a hardcore villa fan. Like you're really dedicated. <laughs> I'm like, a rarity there, really. in these
1: parts. I'm yeah. a gym. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Claret and blue gem,
2: exactly. <laughs> you're listening to All Villa, No Filler. Villains Abroad. If you're a supporter based outside the UK, then we'd love to hear from you too about how you show your support or why you fell in love with the villa. Send us your stories to allvillanofiller at gmail.com and you can also follow us on the socials of Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search All Villa No Filler.
0: Welcome back to All Villa No Filler. Now it's time for a special edition of this. It's the perfect 11. This is a feature where we build our best ever Aston Villa first 11. Every show we've selected a new position and we also picked our manager recently. Cole, we've selected quite a few players like Mark Bosnich, Paul McGrath, Jack Grealish himself is in there. Um, Who would go into your perfect Villa 11?
1: If I go historically, it would probably be better than going from what I've seen, to be honest. I mean, if I think of Villa right-backs, to be honest, uh, my time has seen Alan Hutton. uh, He's in there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's a tough one, but you know what? If I'm going to say from what I've seen um, and be honest, because I I mean, I could say, oh, you know, Peter with, but Mm -hmm. let's be be honest. I've never seen him play. Um, That's way before my time, of course, and most likely all of ours. So, With that being said, um, I'll go Christian Manteke. I mean, that's probably the man that really kept a lot of people fascinated at that time. Because let's be honest, the football was absolutely terrible and dire under Paul Lambert. So yeah, I'd go Christian Manteke.
2: What Uh, is it about him?
1: Um, you know what? I I mean I feel bad for where he is now, to be honest. He seems like a shell of his former self. Mm. Uh his clinicalness, the way that he could just grab a game by the scruff of its neck, um I just all of that. He just had the total game. I can think of the game against uh I think it was the draw against QPR where I think he got a hat trick. Um him and Charlie Austin were just banging them in for fun. Um and albeit it's a draw against QPR, I mean to basically well actually literally put the team on his back. And to keep us up for probably two to three seasons, arguably, almost on his own in certain instances, um, I think he really deserves that.
0: Yeah, absolutely agreed. I, I think he did delay our relegation by about three or four years, I think, um, massively, yes.
1: <laughs> and, and lo
0: and behold, as soon as he went, we, we you know we went down. Uh, already <laughs> dead, <just said>, yes <laughs> do
2: you, do you think um well let's say the benteke from them and then benteke from benteke from now do you think how do you think he would do in our current team because we've got a good team now mm.
1: well considering the recent form um and all the crosses that are driving me mad that are going in the box as of late i think he'd probably do pretty well um I've always found that interesting when he went to Palace and they're always playing it to his feet. And then recently, it seems like they've been playing it to his head and he's been on a bit of a streak. So I'm thinking, well, Captain Obvious here, he's a big man. That usually works. So you know what? I don't think he'd do bad, but I think the issue with him, though, is he wants to be the main man still. And I feel like someone with kind of, his personality not pretending to know him but it just seems like he wants to be the main show wherever he is mm. um albeit i'd love to see him back but i just would never see it happening given how i think ollie Watkins is 10 times better than he is currently
0: mm. um, yeah but it is it is amazing to see how benteke has switched from you know from a when he was a villa i used to genuinely think he was going to be playing champions league finals that kind of thing like you saw mm. him live and he had so much ability but yeah what's happened to him really at Palace in the last couple of seasons. The lack of goals is pretty pretty remarkable, really. Um, but we also we picked Gabby Bonlah as our striker. Um what are your thoughts on Gabby and what what do you agree with us on that or
1: no I can I can totally agree with that and really appreciate it to be honest. I mean you look at how long he was at the club, a one man club. It's spectacular. I don't know how often you really see that anymore unless maybe you dip down into the lower leagues to be honest. Um i mean it, it's kind of like your prototypical scenario that we kind of put with jack Grealish nowadays of hopefully he stays forever and you want to kind of see him ride into the villa sunset like gabby did i mean maybe in a better fashion let's be honest yes. <laughs> um and probably more with more fitness but uh I
2: was say. it's uh, not it's, the image yeah. i had of gabby and when he no
1: left. it's <laughs> i i think that the the thing about gabby to be honest that it's kind of sad is that I think he just peaked a little bit too early and Mm. I think as soon as Benteke left and then there was this whole you know what we're going to go down a different avenue it just you could probably even the season before that you could say the FA Cup final season he just kind of looked like a shell of himself Mm. there's a lot of miles on his legs already at that stage too so i i think you can even i wouldn't i'm not going to compare these two in terms of skill but you look at maybe even him and wayne rooney in terms of having early careers and then kind of peaking early and then people saying you know what well you're say 29 30 why aren't you doing the same thing that you're doing at 25 you should still be in your peak Mm. well you know what you've been playing since you're how old it's it's a lot of wear and tear on the body so
0: yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I've never really thought about mm-hmm. it in that context with Gabby, but that's uh, he was he was in the team playing quite early on, and and there was
2: that pressure of being the you know the goal man, um, the man that was kind of expected to to you know always knock them in. Um, and like you say, you can't keep that up for all those years really, can you?
1: No, and I mean, let's be honest here, I, I my favorite funny villain memory is just the front three of Gabby, Vyman and Christian Monteke. Mm-hmm. And I mean when your other winger is Andreas Viman, let's be honest, I, I love the man but it's not really the best winger partner that you could probably have in terms of skill and capabilities. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of pressure for years was put on him and Mentecke alone to produce offensively. So it's unfortunate, but uh no, we all have to appreciate that. And to basically go out scoring against blues too is probably <laughs> yeah. the best send-off you could possibly have. So
2: <laughs> there's one other kind of debate we've had in our perfect eleven that I wanted to ask you about. Um Frankie argued to have Emmy Martinez in, but this was uh well it would be eleven to twelve weeks ago. So we hadn't seen loads from him. Uh, we chose Mark Bosnich. Would you would you put Emmy Martinez there at the back?
1: Uh we have this discussion on uh the Holtcast. I feel like every week, if mm. Emmy Martinez is gonna be the best goalkeeper of the Premier League era for Villa. And I, I think I don't know, maybe it's too short or too small sample size, I can really say. Um, You always kind of have to be fearful with players. Is it a one-season wonder? I don't think it's going to be that with him, but let's see him beat the clean sheet record in the Premier League, which I think he'll beat at this rate. Um, Hopefully, actually, he ties it tomorrow. That'd be actually really lovely to see. Um, But, uh, I I mean, there's no reason why not. If he keeps this up for two to three seasons, I mean, he makes a very, very good sample of uh, what he can do and what he's done.
0: He is uh, a sensational signing, really, when you think about how cheaply we got him and everything he offers. I mean, would you take any other goalkeeper in the Premier League right now over Emmy Martinez?
1: See, I was thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this for a while. A lot of people say Ederson's the best keeper in the league, but I'm not going to go statistical because I don't know the numbers. But if you probably had some numbers in terms of shots faced and saves, let's be real Ederson doesn't really face that many shots so Mm. if you're looking from a shot stopper perspective you'd probably have to say emmy's the best if you're maybe looking at an all-round game maybe you'd say ederson or allison um well maybe allison in a good year (laughs) given how liverpool are just sliding all over the place but uh no to be honest i think he's probably the best goalkeeper for probably pound for pound in the league to be honest
2: all villa no filler on twitter facebook and
1: instagram
0: Before we wrap up, Cole, how do you think the Villa are doing this season?
1: I mean, I've talked about this so many times, but uh, I'm thrilled with it. I mean, the fact that we don't have to go into the final day and stress and worry and think, you know what, goal difference might be the thing that keeps us up again. It's, you know what, anything above that's been a bonus. I think the thing where a lot of fans kind of fell into was the very kind of early season success of thinking, you know what, Europa League is a possibility, you know what, maybe even Champions League, you never know, but we're going to have dips in form, every team does, unless you're, well, you know what, even City has had this season, but now they've just kind of run away with it, but uh, you know what, it's been a very good season, I I think we're well on course for at least 50 points, and I think if you would have asked a lot of people at this time last season, you would have bitten their hands off, so I'm very happy with it. I mean, really, what more could you really want? It's, I still think it's really too early for European football, to be honest, but uh, no, I'm happy with it.
2: And do you think that we are a one-man squad? I, I don't think we are. I think there were kind of, you know, there was inconsistencies before Jack Grealish got injured. Um, but a lot has been put on the fact that over the last few games, he hasn't been there and, and we don't look, well, we don't look the same team. Are we a one-man squad?
1: Um, if you would have asked me this last season, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the interesting thing though is I don't even think it's really the additions that's made it completely change. I think it's just um, kind of the squad's finally come together, and I think it took a lot longer than it probably should have, and maybe Dean Smith kind of wished it would. If you would have looked back to the relegation season, we also brought in a lot of players, mm-hmm. and it was to replace key assets. Of course, we didn't have grill Well, I mean, we had Grealish, but he wasn't what he is now, of course. And that squad just never blended together. And I think there was a lot of fears last season in terms of, is this going to be the same thing where it was heavy investment? To be fair, we needed it, of course. Um, and then you go into this season and you're looking at the early form of Trezeguet, how hard he can work. El Ghazi has kind of absolutely blips of superb form. Triori seems like he's going to be a promising winger for a few years to come, hopefully. Um, really, I just think it's down to tactical kind of adaption. And to be honest, the, unity of the team to be honest Mm -hmm. i just think there's been a lot of things worked out i I honestly don't know what was said after project restart but whatever it was it just it's been working so long may that continue the only thing i would say now is um with jack hopefully being back before spurs but who knows it could be out for another year at this rate what for what it feels (laughs) like but uh the one thing i will say the change in formation it does affect it a lot because of course everything runs runs through him. It's the same thing with like Palace and Zaha, really. Mm. Um we do need more quality. That's that's obvious, because unfortunately he probably will get injured again. And to see the way we're playing offensively right now, it's really not the the nicest thing to watch, so let's be honest.
0: Yeah, I think um I would say like in the context of kind of the last certainly post Martin o'neill this is the most exciting time to have been a villa fan that I've had for maybe ever um do you share that feeling do you think we're heading to a really good place
1: yeah i mean let's be real before we almost went into administration like it's it's we had an owner that basically gambled on the house and lost Mm. uh before that we had an owner that invested loads of money and then i i hate to say learner lost interest but whatever it is really for his reasoning i guess we'll never really know but um it just it just didn't work out at the end they didn't want to invest i, I feel like finally we have owners that are willing to invest not only in the starting team but within the women's team as well within the youth academy within the infrastructure. Um, and that has to start from the top. So I, I think with all that being taken into account, I think we're in a much better place. And I think the only way is up. I mean, it's hard to be negative right now. Eventually, Jack will move on to Pastures New. I don't I don't doubt that. And he, eventually, he deserves to lift a Champions League or win a league title. Of course, I would love to see that with Villa, but will that happen? Uh, I think a lot more investment will be needed. But uh, no, I'm. I'm very pleased with it. I mean... People are always going to be negative about it because if Villa lose, it's the end of the world for that week. But you yeah. know what? We are where we are, and I'm very pleased with it.
0: That's great. And uh, one question I should have asked at the start, actually, was uh, how easy is it to see the games for, for you? Like, do you have to wake up at quite random
1: times? or Early kickoffs suck, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, anytime it's like a lunchtime kickoff, uh, typically I'm about five hours behind, so it'll be like a 7 a.m. or um so I'll have to wake up a little bit before that or attempt to if not I'm literally like probably rolling out of bed or I'll have to get my girlfriend to roll me across the floor to actually get to the living room <laughs> but uh no it's uh it's not too bad I'm, I'm pretty used to it at this point with all the years that I've been doing it now so um it's actually been really good too now that we actually have like a personalized um kind of coverage for it to zone does it here mm. um so it's just a quick kind of cheap subscription for the year well i guess you could say kind of pricey too but anyways i won't get into televised pricing um (laughs) but uh no it's great i mean it could be a lot worse let's be honest i i don't want to go back to the championship streaming of having to pay like i think it was Six dollars or six seven Canadian dollars, or it was per game. At, uh, it hurt the wallet at the end of the season, let's say that. See, <laughs> <Yeah, I bet. laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so Aston Villas fight it out with uh, in the championship, yeah.
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> to beat Luton. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> just before we go, uh, would you like to let our listeners know where they can find holtcast online?
1: yeah for sure um of course if you want to find us on twitter you can it's just at 7500 to holt uh we're on basically every podcasting platform you can just search holtcast Um, i finally got that fixed again for some reason it wasn't showing up but anyways um and yeah of course if you want to find any written articles and all that kind of stuff it's just uh www.7500 to holt.com i'm really glad i got the triple w part because i always screw that up anyways.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you very much, uh, Cole. That was It's been really great to speak to you at long last. As I say, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a long time and uh, I've always enjoyed your content, so it was great to have you on.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to hearing it in the future.
0: Goodbye to you as well, Roisin.
2: Bye, Frankie, up the villa.
0: And goodbye from me. And as ever, come on, you villa boys from Aston. Um,